Arajon's grinding away on the outside. Zoom on just the leader, but Bold Max just about got him. Zoom on and Bold Max stride for stride. Zoom on lifting from Bold Max. There's nothing in this. Zoom on just in front. Zoom on. Welcome to Vet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined in the studio with John Walter. Morning. That's me. Excited? Up here, mate. I'm up and about. It's the last uh, show before we take a little. Winter break. Really? We'll hot, yeah, we'll hibernate for a couple of weeks. And I might have to inject myself more. Like, what with? James Tedesco. Mm. Anyway, they've just rubbed out Reese Walsh, complete rot, and he misses Origin. So in the- Who's uh, going to watch it anyway? Me. Huh? Me. I'm going to bet on it. There's still morals, Queensland, without uh, Reese Walsh, but grubby behaviour from New South Wales. Wouldn't expect anything less. DK, how's things uh, down south in Mexico? Oh, a bit- Bit tropical down here, Nick. As, as as you would think, Scoot, uh, you'd be you wouldn't be used to it anymore. It's probably freezing down here, but anyway, no, all right. Uh, another quiet week. Oh, that's what I love about this our caper, what we're in. Just uh, you know, something always happens, and there it was yesterday with the uh, with the parliamentary uh, inquiry finished, and they're all their, their submissions and everything. So um, the report. So uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, how are you going, Nick? How was your week? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, got out of jail a bit in the last just at Soundian. Bigalino. Yeah, big Alino, Al Lafferty riding a double. Uh, finals day at Flemington, keen to get out there on Saturday. So uh, for off-season racing, probably the, the best week for it this week. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, it looks an absolute cracker at Flemington. Ten of the best uh, from Warwicknabeal as well, DK. I, how good was that? Like I, I'm doing the thing I'm doing. I'm downloading the, the uh, acceptances, <laughs> come through, and said things come up in the black book at Warwicknabeal. I didn't even know there was a meeting on. Did they add it this week because of all the lost meetings or something? I think so. Because then, then, then you go and see it. Then there's 20 horses in every race because everyone wants to run on the turf. So it's, uh, but I mean, I'll be getting, oh, you've already done it. I'll sink my teeth in today. Ten, I did, ten I, at Geelong I, as I did well. Geelong, yeah, well, I did Geelong. So, uh, oh, yeah, turf, turf racing with big fields. And, and I think we'll talk about field sizes soon. It's another thing on the rundown from Walt. He just he just loves content. He just he just tweets out anything. So it's on the, makes the run sheet though. So anyway, we'll get to it soon. Well, might as well kick, we'll kick, we'll kick that one off first. Walt, Walt tweeted out uh, a few days ago, what do you prefer in ben- benchmark metro racing, 8 to 12 horse field full of good jockeys and uh, good horses or uh, a lower quality, I guess, grade of horses and uh, a mixture of riders and then up to sort of full capacity fields, so 13 to sort of 24. What do you prefer betting into, Nico, first? Oh, I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> Either As I said, he's just, he was just making up content. Like, it just must have been a bloody quiet day. He's just sitting there. What have I got to say? What, what can I spit out today on Twitter? Oh, there's two things. I mean, the smaller the field's easier to get through when doing the form, obviously. Yeah. Takes less time. You want to sit there like Cup Week doing 10 races, 20, 20 runners each, take you forever, back to back. And the other race, oh, to my answer, my, my favourite field size, whatever the last field the size the last winner I back came out of. Hmm. Is that a good answer? Bit bit like your last tweet where you didn't, just never had an opinion. You just sat back and shot everyone off their pedestals. I guess. <laughs> I think it's better for turnover, bigger fields, and I think there's just more angles and more opportunities. But you, you need a decent sized track to have them. So Mooney Valley has a tight turning circuit, so you can't really have big fields there. So I think it makes sense for them to have small no, fields and and bad tracks like that. And Canterbury, you, you have to have small fields. But then Flemington, Sandown, all those bigger joints. And you can add bigger fields. That's the problem with Twitter. You can only put 120 characters in. Like it's a much bigger question than that. But um, oh, it was more about what what you're going to turn over more money on. I was just interested to see what sort of people thought because, yeah, like your eight horse. I like the eight to twelve where you've got good jockeys and you can sort of work it out more. I think you're going to get through them quicker and probably bet in more of them because they're more predictable. The bigger fields, you're probably going to find a a bit of value more often. But there's sort of a lot more variable. So. 
and you're betting less of those races for mine. Again, it depends on your MO. Everyone's got a sort of different MO. Like I, I like trying to find the winner and maybe one more. I hate backing more than two in a race. Hate it. Just never. Every, every time I do that, it's a strip out. But then I know Trevor Lawson and even Scoot likes including them. You know, so he'll back five in a race. You know, on the big uh, to, to, to get his margin, whatever the you know, um, to Trev Lawson. So just different. Everyone's got different MOs, and the bigger fields might suit people like that. Yeah, I was just t- sort of more thinking about consistent turnover because um, I'm definitely betting in a lot more races where there's less variables, but I probably bet bigger into a race. Uh, you know, but not, but one in ten of those twenty horse fields when when it sort of all looks like it's going to pan out at Ramwick or something like you say, if it's Rose Hill and there's twenty horses in a highway with. 10 highway level jockeys shit that if you can't pen the race quick enough and it takes you triple the time to get through it so it was um yeah the question was it just didn't have enough detail to probably get enough uh, sort of across but uh yeah it's just the Saturday they're just such a grind these 10 10 um 10 race cards with capacity fields and this time of year where you've got 60 70 percent of the better jockeys away it's just like Tricky. Well, it's carnage. Mm. That, that was my yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Speaking of uh, carnage, uh, the ACT uh, released some news, which seems a lifetime ago, but uh, their POC tax increases to twenty five percent, making it, uh, I think, the biggest in Australia. They haven't got the government support, and uh, I think it was uh, Dr. De Patterson put out a bit of a tweet, and she's wrapped that uh, she's going to go within inches of uh, killing off the industry in ACT. Um, so pretty disappointing news. I would have thought if you're a resident or um, a participant within the ACT, and I would have thought that a lot of trainers uh, and, and industry people will either go to Victoria or slip over the border into New South Wales. I think the writing's on the wall there with the Labor Green dominant government. I think they're gone already from what, what I've read. Like uh, probably, you know, 60% of the trainers have already left, which, again, I think that's a victory from what from what I gather. I, I sort of haven't been across it much. I've, I got actually Beck told me that this lady's quite insane, and um, but they're heavy, heavy, heavy on poker machines, but heavy, heavy against not just racing, all sports gambling. So work that out. Mm, so the ACT is the only jurisdiction without a centralised monitoring system for poker machines. Mm. So that's all sweet, but racing's just the easy. Um, Whipping yeah, boy. and that's it. Like it just, I, as I said, I sort of knee-jerk reacted to her tweet, asked her what the hell she was talking about just because I was bored, but um, then sort of got a few direct messages and things and it's um, it just makes sense. Like 25, well, if 15 is probably around the tipping point, 20 is insane, 25 is completely insane, and it probably gets to the level where unless you're sports bet, you're not going to bet on it. Mm. What's the point? Mm. So, um, yeah, but hang on, isn't the POC tax, isn't it for the bets – struck by residents of the ACT on any other jurisdiction's races, yeah, including exactly. their own. Yep. So it's like they're betting on Melbourne, you know, so that's – I'm just saying, so how's that How's that poorly affect the race in Canberra and Queanbeyan or wherever they race? On that, they, they obviously don't get I mean, any Queen returns anyway. South Wales, I think. Um, hurts it, everything. Any, like it hurts it every well, It's every on possible. top of all the other taxes as well. So I don't understand – like the it would still be local players that – no, you might be right. You might be right. It might continue on. It might be wrong. But um, it just seems completely insane that they want to. Uh, well, it's just. And she says she's a. Did you see her bio? Says she's a a, a gambling. Uh, what do they call it? Researcher, Researcher or something like that. So, yeah. and she answers no questions that don't suit her. It's it's it's. It's just a. Why? What? What's behind the twenty five? Is the is the, the, is pro- the point? The pro- I think the problem is with the collection of the tax. I just don't know how much they're going to give back to the industry. Obviously, well, a- 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 they say none. 
Well, exactly. Yes, South Australia have just got an increase uh, from their government. But the, 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 if the government isn't supporting the industry, we've seen it over in Singapore, next thing you know, the industry just collapses. So um, the problem is it's the catalyst and the precedence that it sets for the other um, states to follow suit. If there's one already at 25%, uh, they're going to watch watch this state. And if so it what survives, are they at the moment? 20 in New South Wales, 15 going to 20 Victoria? Mm-hmm. Is it up here twenty or fifteen? I think it's I think it's twenty. Twenty, so they're the so everyone's basically falling in line with twenty, and then they're twenty five. And then they'll all just start. Then if that if that all well, washes out okay, they'll go to twenty five. They won't and after just, what happened yesterday. Yeah, hmm? they won't after what, what happened, happened yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. No. Hmm. So what's happened yesterday is uh, the parliamentary inquiry into online gaming's been released, and there's a list of recommendations that have been handed down. So Richard Irvine. I guess uh, brought that to everyone's attention, and uh, we've retweeted it. We've pinned it to our our pages as well. So there's a couple of um, positives, and there's um, some scary potential negatives, and just a lot of talking points around a lot of that. But um, probably the the shining light, and something that we've been speaking about, is the need for I guess tougher regu- regulations around the smaller bookmakers. So a national body for complaints seems to be a positive, but I'm not sure how much weight or how much teeth that that could possibly have if a bookmaker say license in the NT. So I'd sort of welcome a, a national body because all the grubby joints would uh, get a bit of a kick up the ass or get a, a, a heavier sanction if they um, don't play by the rules. Um, an interesting one was the ban on all the ads over the next three years. That's going to have uh, cascading effects on not just racing, on AFL, on NRL, um, so all the advertising dollar that gets stripped out of all those uh, places, um, radio station like SEN, there's going to be um, big problems there. Racing.com and some Sky Channel uh, sort of racing-only uh, TV channels will benefit from that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a blanket ban or they're going to try and slowly introduce that across all the you know the Channel 7s, the Channel 9s and things like that. So that could be dangerous or maybe there's a, a brand-new racing channel that could be uh, born from um, something like that. So it could go one or two ways there, but uh, the gravy train might run out for the AFL and NRL if uh, if that rolls in, which is uh, which is interesting. And then I guess the which doesn't help us. No, because no matter what, it's going to cost the corporates money. Which no matter what's going, they're going to bring it back to you know jacking our field percentage, whatever market percentage. I mean, you're not even to anywhere near the worst parts yet. So, but uh, just advertising itself can't have a positive effect. But I think from for from, the, from the days where I guess TAB had virtually monopoly, the corporates have done a great job to to push the advertising and to grow the game. And now I think it's um. Uh, more so just to try and maintain but they haven't grown their it the position. Way. They haven't grown the game. They've grown the problem gambling. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, they've they've had the they've spent the money to increase turnover, but just probably not the way that was ever going to be sustainable. Mm. And the other big uh, talking point, which got I guess most uh, punters uh, across social media in a bit of a frenzy, was. Uh, the bonus bets. So the recommendations were that uh, bonus bets and incentives around uh, multis and um, different sort of promo offers, that they could be on the scrap heap too. So that's uh, quite a scary proposition. And I think the um, the whole the whole business model for um, uh, a few states would have to come under complete review and even bookmaker models that are so reliant on um, bonus bets and inducements for customers. DK, what, you, what did you think about the um, list of recommendations? Uh, no, it was all, yeah, I thought it was all uh, nearly, well, from the way she, the lady, Peter Murphy, and obviously her colleagues, approached the submissions, and when they were grilling the, you know, the sports bet CEO and tab CEO, you can see, 
you could sort of get some, um, you could get a feel of what they were thinking. So I don't think there's any shock in all these, in all, any of this. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've been talking about that the the, the, the corporates have, have bred this, you know, culture of bonus bets, like free spins on the thing. And now I, 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 I don't care if they get the lemonade. I mean, I think something like an odds boost or a, a rock, you know, that, that sort of stuff sticks around because that's the old, that's the old bookie thing where someone comes up, you want to look after them, give them a roll of the board, all that sort of stuff. So that's, I'd, I'd say, I, I think that sort of thing would stick around. Um, but the corporates have been taking the piss for years with the advertising, you know, satur saturating all the platforms and everything like that. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I just think, um, yeah, just, a, just a fatten their bottom lines. And you know, now it's now it's the time, time, it's reckoning time. You know, you can't, you can't induce. Um, the premise of the whole inquiry to me was you can't induce problem gambling with, with with bonuses and whatnot on one hand and restrict anyone who's got the ability to win on the other hand. It was just, you know, it was just, the, the, you can see the, the the lady thought that was completely ridiculous. And and how do you feel about that when you read the article from Andrew Jones two days ago where he said they're in partnership basically with the corporates in giving them a write-off for all bonus bet losses off there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so that's the that. PRA coming in and saying they're in partnership in the problem that they've come out one day later and said they are suggesting should be eradicated. <laughs> it's a co-investment. Yeah, something, yeah. Like, that. something like that. It's just like... But uh, look, it'll, it'll the government, look, uh, this will affect turnover, obviously, and things like that, because bonus bets are, what, 5% of turnover and governments get money out of turnover, so they'll have to strike a balance. Um, but as we, we've been talking, and I mean, we've and was particularly Walton that over the. I mean, Simon Simon Miller was on the radio this morning. Do you hear him, Nico? He, his his words. He's got the best horse in Australia, right? And his words, the prize money, is insane. He said insane. He said, "Oh, we'll come to Melbourne. We'll go on there. Then we'll go on the Turak. And there they've gone and thrown this five million dollar race up in Sydney over the, on George, the George Main on Caulfield Guineas Day. And now we've got to toss up whether we're going to go to the Turak. And then if we do there, we might stay up there for the Golden Eagle, this ten million dollar race. But then he's saying, you know, we might have to come back for the Cox Plate because it's better on the for the breeding residual. He's got the mare and everything. But his words, his words, the prize money is insane. He said, you used to get six hundred thousand for winning a Group One. He said we ran second in the Quokka and we got six hundred thousand mm. in the Quokka. So I mean, and then you know, so. Uh, racing's let this this prize money war go on, all attached to this turnover, and now it's all going to. It's uh, as we've been saying it's it's going to reach a tipping point. So anyway, that's my say. Everyone else have a go. I just did did a little bit of digging and, and saw that uh, I thought, oh, well, let's compare the I guess the best horse that we've seen in Australia for for a while, which is Winks. She won thirty seven of forty three starts, and she netted twenty six and a half million dollars in prize money. And then I guess this was off the back of uh, Clayton Douglas saying that they're going to try and do the Everest, um, what is it, Everest Golden Eagle double mm. uh, with uh, with Giga Kick. Obviously, he's the uh, the star gelding sprinter, um, and so he's sitting on nine point six million from seven wins. If he wins these uh, next two starts, and his preparation looks, you know, to be about a five uh, prep uh, spring, perhaps he'll uh, if he if he knocks over. Two more wins in those big races, the Everest and the Golden Eagle. He'll be edging close to that twenty-six million dollar mark after nine wins, after nine starts. To me, that's completely ridiculous. And a horse like Redzel finished on about sixteen million dollars. So we've said, you know, we keep talking about an eighty-four percent increase in prize money. Um, where's the sustainability? And if I, I guess I was sitting in um, someone's chair, like a PVL, and I saw the um, the report coming out from the government, I'd be um, starting to think that, all right, I've probably got 12 months before I need to exit stage left and um, 
let this let the house of cards sort of fall in. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. What happens there? I mean, he's going to he's going it's going to be Valandis versus you know he's going to be pitching in and have the tab up his clacker and everything trying to you know I mean it's going to be interesting with how much of these recommendations get through. I tell you. That's because it's going to take up to 12 months from, um, I guess, the conversations that I've had with Richie and uh, knowing how governments work and how sort of slow they are. But they're not, they're, I guess, they're only a list of recommendations at this stage and the government would be silly to try and, um, I guess, kill off the industry full stop. They've used a couple of really extreme examples to paint pictures. But I think um, the summary of it that uh, you've sort of mentioned, uh, DK and Walt, are, are pretty bang on the mark. But this is the time I think um, PRAs need to rework the whole thing and then come up with something that's going to be uh, a bit more sustainable, a bit more sensible, and um, yeah, well, at least uh, RV have pulled their heads in in terms of uh, prize money increases. But you can just see like how crazy it is. Like the George Main, probably a good idea to to push it to a uh, to slot in nicely with the Cox Plate. That all sort of makes sense. Uh, that mile race, but um, they've gone and up the prize money to sort of five million dollars, and they've gone all to Ascot. It looks like a bit of a junket over there. Who does the king really care? I'm tipping it's a pretty, uh, pretty low on his priorities. But uh, looking at the party that they threw over in Ascot, I would have thought there'd be a hundred k there, maybe fifty or a hundred thousand in flights. Um, you saw Chris Waller there and uh, a fair few people re- representing Racing New South Wales. Not sure what's got anything to do with uh, the UK, but it just it's just utterly crazy the um, the prize money. Yeah, I couldn't care less about any of the racing or any of the races or whatever their prize money is anymore. It's all this. If they bring bonus bets, if they get rid of bonus bets and turnover, it doesn't matter what happens. And I, I DK just heard five percent. I would have thought it was a lot more. But even if it isn't, what does that? What are the? What are they uh, incentives? Like, say you you know deposit a hundred, deposit five hundred, get five hundred. That's going to uh, that entice a lot of people to deposit at all. So even if only five percent of their actual turnovers through bonus bets, how much of it is encouraged by incentives currently? This is your your people who are. Um, eligible for these things so clients eligible how much percentage of profit comes from those clients currently for the corporates and then POC is the big one that's going to be smashed because the growth profit is where they they get their POC money so that's where a lot of these PRAs are now saying they're going to get their big sugar hit from is the POC so if bonus bets are gone a lot of those people are depositing less Um, will they deposit at all and even if they do how are the corporates going to combat it they'll probably put the market percentages up they don't get their bonus bets, incentives. Now they're going to lose their money faster. How long, how long does it take before they stop depositing at all? So, um, yeah, it's catastrophic potentially, the bonus bets, and and um, even if, if it looks like a small figure turnover-wise, um, what does that do to everything? And and then do they, as you say, do they put POC up to try and uh, think? Because that seems what well, they're going to do that, that's at the moment. That's been their only mechanism to try and... Yeah, so oh, we didn't make enough money tax. last year, let's put it up. So then market percentage. So it's just, does anyone, Jerry, that everything they're doing is completely wrong? And they're going the wrong or way. Or not. Mate, what's it mean when Andrew Jones said that uh, he's confident existing customer agreements and bonus bets will be quarantined from the new inducements um, and then one and one day later they release this thing so i think he's just completely but he says as the as the government deals with a review of all the gambling issues he's quarantined the confident the existing agreements and bonus bets will will be quarantined from the new inducement so i got god knows what that means i, I don't understand I, i'd say he's just had an absolute air swing um yeah, he also swing. said in the, he's also said in the thing that he thinks himself as the as the fan of racing someone who sits on the couch and has three bets a week on a saturday afternoon so um, okay, if uh, if like take me for example, 
uh, I like it, whatever you want to say. I got to pick it with a people, couple of people who follow me. Um, I bet myself how many, how much more turnover do I generate than a bloke sitting on the couch who bets three times a week? They've backed me into a corner where I'm turning over probably 10% of what I used to. And now you incorporate these changes. Uh, you know, it's just like, how can someone come out that's the head of the thing and say that the, the whatever, you, you nearly, you nearly want to give up. Like, it's just, it's complete madness. It's complete madness. But this stuff yesterday, if they don't tackle it quickly, like you say, I don't care whether it's, um, whether they're lenient on or not with the bonus bets. Bonus bets and incentives is the biggest contributor to problem gambling in the country. There is absolutely no doubt that someone who is overspending is more likely to overspend if they're induced by these deposit bonuses and yep. whatever. So there's no doubt that that is going to be a huge part of any changes made going forward. They're never going to be able to save them long term, especially now that they've got this report. So if they don't react to this and work out that turnover is what keeps the game alive, not bonus bets, uh, how do we protect? How do we create turnover? Uh, maybe consult people who actually bet might be an interesting start. Did see that that was part of their recommendation is to actually talk to people who who are part of the wagering side of the industry. And I didn't think it meant corporates. I think it actually meant punters. Um, and that's in informing that uh, new set of rules or whatever, which again, I wouldn't be, you know, it's a, it's a potential positive, but like look at the MBLs. They were pretty, pretty, pretty bad, I thought. But um, anyway, even if they're increased, what are we going to be betting into? We're going to be betting into 150. Um, so this is their chance. This is their chance to really fix it for well, have their own independent report and try and work it out. Like actually get some people involved who are interested in increasing their turnover back to where they were previously. What do they need? What are the compromises that we can put in place to actually make it happen rather than worrying about prize money? Yeah, they seriously need to look at um, what just needs to be back to the future in terms of a, a more sophisticated price-driven model. And I think DK's right. I think maybe the odds boosts and the uh, the rolls of the board and things like that, I think they need to re-educate their customers and push them uh, down that path, which is which is a big problem because at the moment they're trying to do the money back second thirds and, and all those sort of things with bonus bets and the, com the customers are completely rusted onto that. Well, the deposit matches so. and that are the huge ones, aren't well, they? That's, that's right. So thing. But then they want the person to sit on the um, computer all day and then, well, I agree. Take, I agree that an odd surge and a thing like that is not is not an incentive. It's them returning the, the markets back to something like what they should be. Mm. Uh, obviously, they don't make it available to everyone. I think that's something that they probably would have to change to get it through is to make it available to all customers. And then it's it's not an incentive. It's just a, it goes from 120 to 112 or something like that, which is where it should be anyway. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't see those as incentives as a as a hunter. I think it's more about you know, deposit 500, get 500 and all that sort of stuff is, the, is where the issue lies. be interesting to see how the breeders responded and um, whether they, uh, when oh, they start the to breeze. rally. Well, they, they're going to have to start jumping into our corner. Well, the like, funny yeah, thing is, yeah, it's a DK, right. 100%. I'm like, at it. Well, we, yeah. The problem is the breeders are in the pocket of other people and they're the, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to to watch it wash wash watch it all sort of wash out and um, see how much influence that the uh, the racing industry can have back on uh, back onto the uh, the government there and and what sort of filters through. But um, twenty five recommendations and we'll see how harsh uh, they come down on us. I'm, I'm just happy, like not just for Richard Richard because he's just battled so hard, especially for that national bookmakers betting obligation that I think was in there as well. 
you know, and trying to get something going for the sports people and other little things there that um, the ombudsman, as our bookies, you know, can't write their own T's and C's, or if they do, they've got to get them C name and stuff like that. All that little stuff that was on the periphery there that Richie's campaigned so hard for and sort of had to sort of step away a bit because it's, as he said, it's affected his personal life a bit and all he's done. So I was just, I was just pleased for him that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of this stuff's finally, finally um, at, at, at the front door of the government, you know. All those things are in place currently. T's and C's uh, have to be approved by the PRAs at the moment. So will there be a change if it's an independent ombudsman or will it just continue on the way it is now that they just rubber stamp everything in exchange for a POC tax and all these things? So you got to just, yeah, everyone's got to be understand that the punters are the fan. Mm. <laughs> That's it. It's not that hard. Exactly. And at the moment, the, the two, I guess, the two fairest uh, operators that encourage the, the best and the safest uh, responsible gambling are Betfair and Top Sport at the moment and have been – trying their ass off for the last, I don't know, probably two, three years or longer to try and get it through um, the government and PRA's heads on how to best tackle the problem, they need to be sort of welcomed back into the game and say, hey, how do you think we can fix it? Why and are Betfair so silent? I seem to be the only one in the world that loves Betfair and I mm. don't hardly use it. But to me it seems like the one place that if it's treated the way it is, it doesn't matter who runs it, doesn't matter whether it's called Betfair or Nick's, Nick Fair, it doesn't matter. That's the place where there should be a hundred percent market that everyone can play to, and obviously you pay some sort of commission. That the the gov that the but it creates turnover everywhere, and I, I just don't understand why they're so silent. In um, they don't defend themselves, mm. they, or they don't let anyone know why they are being treated as a wagering service provider when they're clearly not one. Exactly, and I think uh, if you have the healthy exchange, everyone can just use it as a tool to get off and on, and uh, something Bookmakers like that. Uh, everyone, yeah. everyone can't, like, they're, and they're never going to get the the full the full gamut of the retail dollar. Like that, that won't suit ninety percent of the punters in the current marketplace. Will still not. They just won't, won't go they, there. They just won't want to. But use it gives it. a place it's too for everyone to go. It gives you a place for liquidity to actually grow rather than shrink like it is currently. Yeah, and it gives so it's a tipping service. It's a it's a literal tipping service. It's that creates turnover. It's a. A place where you and I can bet. It's a place where corporates can bet. It's a place where everything will grow. Same as that silly idea with the putting money into the totes. Like it's a, again just a, a simple example of something that money injecting back into it creates further growth by places like Jelco and you and me and mm. everyone else wanting to bet back into quaddies and things and the Quinellas that you just can't even take now because we're not allowed. Mm. You know, it's restricted. So it's they're just two simple things that can create exponential growth in turnover instantly. I know it's not an instant decision to change the tax structure on Betfair, but if someone actually goddamn looks at it, surely it's an option. Mm, it'd be fascinating to see if like, someone like Racing Victoria had the balls to try and get the exchange to be vibrant in their state, make that work, all the bookies grow their turnover and push more money through the exchange uh, and create a more competitive marketplace there. I think the dominoes would start to fall all around Australia and then New South Wales would be on their own and that would be the only place at Betfair and the bookies wouldn't thrive. We and if the, all the bookies are thriving in the game, um, that, that the turnover would just lift. When you look at the exotic pools in Hong Kong, obviously a very different place, but if you – I would love to know what the corporate turnover on exotics are. Now, if you tip all that back in, you give them half in commission, whatever it is, because the takeouts are massive anyway, all of a sudden they do start, say, a global tote and the Hong Kong market, things start betting into our exotic pools that are non-existent currently, mm. how big could they be? Yeah, they could be massive. And yep. at the moment, you have $20 on something and you, you're winning your own money back. 
Yeah, it's a cr- it's it's crazy. Anyway, it's a uh, massive line in the sand moment. So I'd be interested to see how the uh, the next six to twelve months washes out. We'll push along. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here for a, a week. And this, as I said, this is our last show before uh, the winter break. Donnie's got a, uh, a marathon, Gold Coast Marathon. I'm not allowed to leave my house for two days. They're blocking off all the streets. Can't move my car. You can run in it. Hey? You could run in it. No, I'm, no, I'm no good. No good. It's too extreme for me. I uh, I wouldn't be interested in that at all. But uh, Donnie is uh, running for a guy called Joseph who's got a spinal cord injury. You can get to our, our Twitter page, at uh, Little Birdie TV. And if you've got some spare cash lying around, um, this young rugby player hurt his spine and uh, Donnie's doing the run for him. So uh, make sure uh, you support Donnie if uh, he's sitting a couple of winners. 20 or 40? No, it was a half marathon. Is 20 What's odd, he running? And then 42, so 21 and 42 or something. What's he running? I've got no idea. I assume. Either way, it's I'm, a big effort. <laughs> I think it's both just lunacy, both of them. But, um, yeah, not sure what he's doing. He has been training. Who's the favourite, Beaver or, or Donny? Now, Donny's very fit at the moment. He looks fit. He looks a bit gaunt around the face, so he's very serious. He won't even go out for a beer. You're saying Beaver's got no hope? No. None? No. 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 If, you f- if you forget to register for the marathon, <laughs> you got no chance to actually uh, run a big race. Sunshine Coast standalone meeting, they got there by the skin of their teeth. It's going to be hammering down in the Sunshine Coast all next week. So uh, Saturday looks like it's good weather and then it goes to absolute poo. Uh, Walt, you've got uh, the races at Rose Hill. I own a Walt's murder. gone. Walt's leaving. He's just seen that his horse has drawn 17 at Tung Curry in a field of 17. It's last chance in life. Walt's gone. Jockey concussion? That's a new way to get uh, your horse Can we have a quick talk, a very quick talk about that? Oh, God. Yeah, go on. Very quick talk. So, obviously, pocket talk to a certain degree. but big degree. But, but, well, it was, and it was a big result for me, but that's not the problem. The horse clearly goes up, smacks itself 10, 15, 20 seconds before the jump. Not only you obviously see a horse gets its foot over it, I don't know whether it did or not, but they pull it out regardless. This is a horse with a three-kilo female apprentice, no knock on the, the jockey at all. The horse then comes back down, the, a steward, whatever, out the back, she nearly goes to the outside fence in the straight. Clearly all is not well with the rider throughout the race. They come out with a tweet, not the stewards, racing New South Wales to say that Amy McLucas struck herself on the way out of the gates. I'm a psychopath. I go straight to the steward's, the steward's vision as soon as it comes out, one second after it comes up. Clearly nothing happens coming out of the gates. I ask the question, did this actually happen 20 seconds before or when it happened? The steward's report comes out like three hours later than normal. Uh, she was asked whether she was sweet to go. She said yes, so they resume with the race. Surely a three-kilo girl that strikes her head in the gates needs to be taken out and assessed because she's a three-kilo and I guess a girl even shouldn't be a part of it, but she's an apprentice. She struck a head. She's on a short price favourite. Surely sanity prevails and they come out and ended. I know there's no doctor behind the gates to give her a HRA or whatever, HIA or whatever it is. No, there but is. There's definitely a doctor behind the gates. There always is. Well, there you go. So there's a doctor and a, and, a, and a vet or whatever to do. So why would they not use it in this case when you've got a three kilo that struck their head on a short price runner? Favourite, turnover. And then... You know, the stewards report very light. She's stood down for the rest of the day with concussion. So she's dead set, half knocked herself out and, and been allowed to race. go around on a horse. Yeah. Scary. And the horse even, it, it's probably, it shifted a plate and was late to the thing. So there's a lot of reasons to make sure that this horse checks every box before it's allowed <laughs> to run. And that was obviously a very serious box. And thank God she nothing, got around safely. Nothing happened to her. I tell you what, they would have done their absolute shallots uh, if something bad had happened to her. To her or anyone else. That's yeah. right. She would have got him for uh, everything. And deep, deep down, all you really care about is Carly 
and <laughs> and she hasn't got a fair run for her money either. And how sick was it when it launched down the middle? You just wanted to see it plod and do nothing down the straight, and then it unleashes down the outside just to put the wound, the knife right into the wound. What a good horse it is. Do you go this deep every time you back a favourite that loses? No, that was just sick. That was just it was just terrible situation that shouldn't be allowed to happen. And they should have to come out and explain what happened and, and apologise. We're well, never going to get that in New South Wales. No. Ray Thomas might write an article or Chris Roots, but hmm. doubt, doubt you, you get much uh, headway there. All right, well, hopefully Walt's got one tip and uh, this one goes a little bit better. Nico, you got the, uh, the Creswick Stakes, Winter Championship Day, Deep Fields. Walt would hate it, but uh, I like the look of it. Uh, there's so many angles, so many good horses. It's an absolute belter for... Um, First first of July, it's gonna it's gonna be an absolute corker. Um, the assaulter from Malta, he's on, he's in Mykonos on holiday, so I'm gonna have to super sub in for uh, the Sunny Coast Cup. So he's working on the tan, our mate. No. L- L- what's Lord Voldemort? He's not coming on the show after we gave after him an absolute gave him pasting. Did he back a winner last week? Uh, I think he cast. Oh, that's no, no why. good. So he's he's soaking up, but he'll be back. He'll be back for spring. So uh, late July, we'll uh, we'll get back into the show. Uh, Top Sport have got uh, three middle pinners. Make sure you open an account with Top Sport. Support the show. Australian owned and operated uh, for almost forty years. These guys might be uh, the turning point for these. Uh, if the bonus bet's scrapped and it's just a battle of uh, prices and having a crack, um, these guys will be right back at the fore. They'll be one of the leading book- bookmakers leading the charge and uh, they know what they're doing. So make sure you check them out. Nico, we're going to go to you first. There's a little bit of rain about. How do you see uh, Flemington uh, playing this Saturday? Uh, probably soft six maybe, uh, hopefully a five. But, uh, yeah, I see it playing pretty fair. I think the rail goes back into the true. It's played pretty fair recently, so... Uh, now it should be a good day out for uh, some good finals day racing from HQ. Beautiful. Let's go to race two first, the Leilani Series final. Over 1,400 metres and Pacific Ruby's the favourite here, 260 at Top Sport. Uh, Sione, 380, $6 dazzling. Lucy, good and proper, 15. Typhoon Titmus, 14. Rumbled again, 14. She's pretty rich, 15 and uh, better. The rest, Pacific Ruby is the horse that... Uh, you like here, good win first up in the Ma Eustace uh, blue and green. Tell us why you like it. Yeah, well, she's unbeaten since she's come to the, the Ma Eustace stable. This is a good win first up. This is one of her better figures. She's put down on punning form. She had a bit of improvement to come. Um, I just love the way this mare finds the line in all of her races. Like I said, she's unbeat with the Ma Eustace stable. She kind of looked half gone there about... 150 out, and then when he's our Bonneville goes with her, she really lifts and finds late here. Uh, I thought it was a really good, tough fighting win. Uh, this race is no stronger than what she faced last start. Um, Sione is probably your main danger, but she had the absolute PR last start at Flemington. I know she's got to rise 52.5 to 59 kilos, but she does come up against the mares. Barrier one's a little tricky, but she has shown there when she finds a gap or sort of has something to chase, she's uh, she's willing to find the line. So I thought on a day where, you know, punters are looking for something to really sink their teeth into, I thought she was probably the best winning chance at Flemington. She's a like what I saw there, DK. As soon as she uh, that horse just moved up towards her, bang, found again, didn't she? Well, and then if she was going to be vulnerable, then the, the theory was she was vulnerable there first up, mm. you know, and, she, and she's gone on one end. The last 50 metres was her best, so... Um, I just don't know how Nico's found it. I, I couldn't find it on form. Who could do it? What? Is she going for six six in a row? Six in a row. Six yeah. in a row. I love a picket fence, Nico. <laughs> You've done well finding her. But no, she, I, that, she, um, no, that's, uh, that's, I'd like to see, you like to see that late work first up. Uh, so she's in for a good prep. And I think you'll get, you'll get half a price because the, 
well, it's not like Jamie Carr's on her, who's wrote her in a lot of her starts. Like um, Maddie Cartwright, the syndicates aren't going to be all over him. So I think if you had a cop, you know, Zara or Malum or someone, she'd be 220, not 260. So he's just got to find a gap from one and she'll be winning. I thought he's going all right, Maddie Cartwright. He's getting a few good opportunities and he seems to be doing yeah, a good job. Right. Yep. Definitely backable. Yeah, definitely backable. All right, the next one, that's a nice easy one. So uh, start your multi or uh, start your day with that one. Just go bang. And then we'll go Flemington race six into the um, the Polytrack Mahogany Challenge final, 2,500-metre race. This is my sort of cup of tea. The old uh, big plonkers. First Immortals a favourite here, 440 in from uh, 480. Uh, Wackamana, $5. My brother's keeper, six. Verifier, one of Nico's, $9. Ain't he grand, 10. King's Crossing, 10. Got to be savvy, 12. Uh, and Nara is 15. Uh, gorgeous Zara, 16. 18. Midnight Lady. Daddy Frank, 26. 31. Lavish Thinker. And then Rise uh, to Stardom is uh, $61. So uh, a race with potentially a long tail here. There's a couple of replays we're going to have a look at here. The first one has got uh, Lavish Thinker and a host of uh, chances here. It's got My Brother's Keeper in the race. Talk us uh, through this race, Nico. Well, this is probably the, the lead-up. This is what the market thinks the lead-up is. First Immortal wins. I thought Lavish Finker might be the horse to take out of this race. He's in the uh, the Think Big Colors back on the fence. Now, Bitcoin in front of him does fall, and I think he's impacted by that fall. You don't really get to see it in the vision here because they cut away. Um, but I think he definitely was impacted by that fall. Um, and he gets going a bit late. He's worked through the lines really strong that last 200 meters. I think he's probably the horse to take out of that race. Um, looking at his sort of overall form profile, I, I actually backed him early on in the derby last year. I thought he was a real horse at getting out to 2,500 meters will suit him. He's never been to that distance. Uh, he won at sales, sort of been a maiden a few starts ago and then found a really slowly run race at sale the, the run after. And then there he hasn't had a lot of luck. So from barrier 16, I think you'll get a bit more luck here. Uh, Zach Spain goes back aboard. He's got a good association with the horse. He's ridden him uh, four times for two seconds and a win. Um, so he's he's the main man for the horse. And I just thought with that interference, he probably was the runner that was most impacted and should have been right in the finish. So uh, he was the one that I was uh, pretty keen to back at around 30s. I don't know if we have the other replay here, but the other horse. Yeah, we do. The other horse I was keen to back, DK might be able to chime in here, is Rise to Stardom. Now, this is uh, one at a long price, about $61. This horse is very, very easy to tie in. This horse that hits the front here, Harland, uh, actually won on Tuesday at Ballarat. Dude. This horse, early in its campaign, run, bumped into one last kiss, and one last kiss went over and ran fourth in the SA Phillies Classic. Third was Wackamana. So there's not much between a lot of these horses. Wackamana's $550, and this horse is $71. Um, easy to tie in the form through that way. Thought there was a, a good case you could make for this horse. He just needs a faster run race. He got into an absolute barrier trial race at Seymour. Um, he just looks like a real grinding sort of stay. And I think in a bigger field here, drawing a good gate and the potential for him just to position him behind the speed and potentially uh, get a much quicker run race, I think he might be the best stayer. So, well, that, that, well, that was the first time you really got to see what he could do. And it was again in slowly run race, like he was held up coming to the turn and, and then but he had was, to sprint. He was. What I loved is that he was, so he was pushed him along. He was pushed along early as a stayer, and then his last two hundred was really strong. Mm. So it's not like ground of the line. He actually lifted his speed to beat Harland. It was it was a dollar sixty there. Yeah, and his last last four hundred. Um, 30th quickest of the day, last 203rd fastest of the day. It was, in the yeah. I know, I just couldn't, that's right. So you think he'd be grinding to the line, you know, yeah. just the same one. But he actually really lifted his speed um, to, to knock off a $1.60 chance. Like Harland ran to its SP there, was supposed to win, to beat the rest three lengths, and then this thing just jumped and beat it. But uh, no, I like the angles there. Nico, look, of a, I mean, the, the rank outsider in this race, off his rocker, won by seven lengths the other day. Like, 
you know, so looking for value in this, there's not much, but do we see in the, in the margins running in these races, all these three-year-old stays um, this time of year? There's nothing between. There's not much between them. They're all coming. They're based, it's basically a class one race. Um, they're coming out of maidens, and that was a slowly run race that uh, I'm a mortal one the other day. That wasn't. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, they put the anchors out, you know, mid race. So it's just who who the race suits, as you said. So if they run a long year, um, but you found a few improvers there, so. Yeah, yep. I couldn't disagree. Even our horse verifier, like he sort of went up six dollars. Now he's out to nine. He'll be suited to twenty five hundred as well. So, I think it's a race you can have a good look at. We saw Midnight Lady. Um, she ran second at Wakamana last well, start at Soundown. The, the, but there's the prime example. So she won yeah. a maiden at Warwick Nabil. In no, just just won the maiden. She was entitled. I think she sat wide, but she was entitled to win. She was evens or something. Starts hundreds. At Starts hundreds at Flemington really second. Yeah, you know. So she just they can go from the bush to that's what I'm saying. Off his rocker. I can't. I can't see why off his rocker's hundred to one. It won by seven links the other day and didn't, it was a rent slow time. I know it was a heavy 12, but still, that's the sort of, that's how even this bunch are. Yeah. So uh, I think Rise of Stardom is a really good chance at 70. So I'd have him much shorter and Lavish think is probably the, the improver out of the, uh, the, the lead up. I can, yeah, I can definitely see the angle there. And it's a great point you make about Lavish Thinker because when you first look at that, um, that replay, I thought my brother's keeper was a horse, but um, yeah, it does cut out because I think it was a Bitcoin baby, the horse that, that fell. So, it is frustrating that you can't see that. Like I'm, tr I'm trying to have a bet in this race, and I know yeah, that one's a little frustrating because there's no, there's nothing to come of it. Like the horse is fine, Linda's yeah, fine, and they well, don't want you watching that stuff. They've still cut it out, so no. But like, cut it, them all out we're, we're here to put bet. a disclaimer like, on the front of it. Well, exactly. Like, just don't watch it. Like, it's just crazy. Like, the horse and jockey are sweet, so I just don't understand. Like, I'm trying to have a bet, and I can't bet. Like, from me. Takes now, five minutes to even blank that part out or something, like a, as in like uh, fuzzy out the, that part of the horse. Or, I don't know. Well, exactly. There's got to be a better way. So instead of if something poor, like really bad happens, fair enough. It's probably going to cost them a monkey of me getting the race wrong anyway. So I just can't now. I can't have five hundred dollars on a horse because I just don't know. I can't. I can't line the horses up properly. Mm. So it gives you the shits. Mm. Anyway, you convinced me, Nico. I think that Rose, Rose to Sardom um, just looks crazy price at 70s. You just, you just have to be on. You, have, you can back him each way too. That's that's an absolute beauty if you can transfer the form from um, – what about synthetic to uh, grass, DK? What's your, your feeling? Obviously, you're a big synthetic man. Oh, I won't I won't pot him till um, – oh, I did say I thought he improved on the home track there, but uh, I, I, I can't – I won't pot him um, until I see him do it. He's only well, he's only having his fifth start, isn't he? So, mm. um, no, I'm happy with the horse. Lightly race stays. Yeah. Um, good trainer, you know. So no, no, I, I don't, I don't mind. The, I, the, I mean, I'm, the, my theory is, is the Packard and Polly's magnificent track to bet on. Ballarat Synthetics, up and down like a yo at the moment. There was the biggest fast lane there last week on the. I think it was the Friday, was it last Friday? It was last Friday because then they backed mm. up there around Saturday because the meeting at Wodonga got transferred. The Friday, the biggest. I, I, the, there is one lane highways and one lane highways. Now that was the biggest one lane highway I'd ever witnessed. I reckon in the history of doing videos and the races. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they did. There was a, there was a bit of a, uh, a Twitter storm on that one. You weren't there. There was many people just saying that you got to prepare better tracks than this. Like, and as an owner, just to try and put your horse around there, it's it's pretty disgusting. Packenham, Packenham's magnificent. Right. You can win from anywhere at Packenham. Sun, Sunshine Coast have got this ten meter rail position where it is leader fence every time, and you think, well, maybe it's not, but it is every single time. You wonder why they bother going around. Mm. Like, why? What, what do you, what, what, you? You draw six, and you're a back marker. Stay home. I just don't understand how they get fields yeah, above four horses. I really mm. don't. Oh, four horse fields. That's a small to find the winner. That's it. And then the back marker leads and 
No worries. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want more of Nico's thoughts, make sure you check out his Mounting Yard Mail. It's a uh, absolute must for this Saturday. Big fields at Flemington, so he'll be uh, braving any weather conditions there uh, for 25 bucks a week. Uh, we absolutely love it. So make sure you check that out. Sunshine Coast Cup, as I said, uh, this Saturday. Uh, Zoom on's the favourite here. Race six, uh, I think the weather's going to hold up. It's going to be a soft five, sort of good four. Zoom on, uh, $3.10. Luncey's four sixty, Boise de Argent is six dollars. Desert Icon six fifty, Regal Lion. Nico sort of half found that in the Ippy Cup. That was that sneaky uh, Annabelle compressing the weight seven fifty. Warning was a good run, uh, dropping back in distance here eight dollars. Cedar Power, that's a horse I sided with. Went a- absolutely terrible last uh, start in Ippy Cup. Two one pace there twenty one dollars. Secret Glamour twenty six dollars. Irish Sequel thirty four. Sneak Preview thirty four. Uh, Tappy's lad at 61 and then uh, the fearless one at 71. I thought uh, the horse to beat here was probably Zoom on on the uh, the good track. I think you tipped him this day, Walt. Oh, yeah. I think um, the but, ki- the, Yeah, go. Yeah, interesting with this one. I, I've sort of dug into his form and Walt may uh, prove me wrong. I don't love the race, but this horse only seems to come unstuck if he sets a cracking pace and goes um, far too fast or he finds a wet track. So I think he gets conditions to suit. I think he's sort of the right favourite. There's a few horses uh, that I just don't really like the setups. Warning's going really well. It's, it's dropping back in distance. Uh, I'm a bit hit, hit and miss with uh, Luncey's. I thought T- Timmy Clark gave an absolute uh, great ride last time. I got queries over the Ipswich Cup form. I thought uh, the value in the race might have been secret glamour. It's around $26. Uh, it was a complete trial around uh, Calipore and Cepheus in a 2,000-metre race uh, about three or four weeks ago. And if you uh, if you like the Ippy Cup uh, form, there's a horse that looks like it's um, nearing to its peak, the Kiwi uh, stayer called the Fearless One. It was given absolutely no chance in the Ippy Cup, still ran on really well, and it sort of looked like the knockout at $71. But... Um, I thought 54.5 kilos, Tim Clark. This is the best ever chance that you get uh, to see Zoom on to see if he can run a, uh, a good 2,400, but um, got the right rider. And then horses like Luncey's, um, Boida Jaunt, Desert Icon, um, and then even Regal, Lion and Warning. I thought you could make convic- pretty strong convictions against against those sort of horses. But um, Secret uh, Glamour from the Mar Eustace Yard and the Fearless one from... Uh, from New Zealand, uh, probably would have rathered a, a jockey upgrade there, the Fields one, but uh, Michael Hellier, I guess, knows what uh, knows what he's got and he's got uh, Barry one as well. So that yeah. was that was sort of my angle on the race. I'd probably make those three horses a winner. Problem is you're getting the same price you got about him over 2,000 metres last start where he was a only leader on a fence, Rose Hill 2,000, you know, and he was he's had an extra run. So now you're going to a huge track, 2,400. Mm. I agree. Dropping, you know, 54 and a half, he's, he's timed his run perfectly to get into this race like – he gets in just above the limit or whatever it is, but um, like in well, he's actually, I think he's a 95 rater and 105 raters top. So he's actually in the weights, which is important. Um, yeah, Luncey's goes Timmy to Andrew Mallion, a bit more passive rider from a wide draw. I agree with you. You can sort of poke holes in all the other runners, Boitajon and Desert Icon. They're just horses. Um, don't think either of them really excel at 2500. Yeah, I'd rather go wide, like you said, to say secret glamour and, and look for horses, the fearless one that could improve at odds rather than bet up heavily in the race, that's for sure. But um, I, I think you're right. Like it probably has to be favourite by default. And if he controls, he's going to – he's got a, a strong sprinting 600 in him, uh, which is is pretty important at this level of staying race. So if he runs the 2400 or gets it soft enough in front, I'm sure he'll give a heck of a side. It's probably just the price that's – you know, on the limit. It's probably as short as you'd want to take him running 2,400 metres at this level. 
Yeah, I thought that, and then I, I sort of tried to try and find Irish sequel, but um, yeah, like he, he's sort of coming in third up, and he's got the sort of the zoom on form as well. Like it'd be an amazing Chris Waller spike if he if he could turn the tables there. But you could see it happening in well, this race, couldn't you? That's a thing. Like you could see one of those jumping out of the ground. Would you rather if you had a hundred bucks to bet in the race? Would you rather have forty on Secret Glamour and thirty on Irish sequel and thirty on whatever and hope for a result, or have a hundred on zoom on it five to two? I'm not really sure what the answer is. It's probably. It's not an easy race. Mm. I'd be uh, making sure that you have something small on uh, Secret Glamour and the Fearless one, and uh, Zoom one's probably the horse to beat. So there you go. Hopefully uh, we've uh, made that a little bit more simpler or we've uh, cancelled yeah, out a couple of chances. We'll probably just grade everyone up. Grade everyone up. Make sure uh, you check out punningform.com.au. Uh, you can transfer your form uh, into any state. So uh, anywhere you like, you can uh, type in uh, punningform.com.au and then you can uh, get any track that you like. And they've got... Uh, yeah, you can just knock out markets or form in a flash. Uh, I'd love to do like a little trial where everyone gets punting form and uh, they get two hours to do a race and then give them a betting bank and just see who can make the most money off, off the back of it. Be fine. 20 eh? minutes, give me three minutes, five minutes, make it shorter. But I'm going to send you to somewhere completely different. I'm looking forward to seeing Grabini go around in that. Um, I think no, it won't be Winks like, but that was, was that the race you won up there? And this horse 18 back to a mile around that big track, if they're running on there, I think. Uh, I think it'll run a heck of a race in the, in the guineas. Yeah, it's, very well set up. It's Ryan an Maloney should suit the horse. It's already been backed, and I see that uh, City of Lights has been pushed into the uh, the race as well from the Freeman Yard. It's the it's the half to it. Um, it's out of the same mare, Vegas Showgirl. The um, half sister. I don't know. I laughed Deep at, impact. It's twenty six dollars. Yeah. I haven't got a rider for it, so it, I think it's second emergency. But it's got to take. Oh, on maybe that's Grabani, Susayer, uh, the chairman. Robusto, fashion legend, stroll. You can pick a hole in a lot of those Robusto and those ones. Yeah. Susay is interesting. Timmy was booked for it, and they changed it back to Betty Thompson, overruled. And then I think they, there's a rumour going around that the Freedman camp heard about the, the voodoo dolls that the Bash brothers have got, that when they get taken off one, they tend to not finish the course, <laughs> and all of a sudden Timmy's back on it. So it'll be interesting. Oh, Susay was the one that got beat narrowly in that uh, controversial race where uh, uh, the dollar forty chance, what's it called? Antino. No, no, the thing he wrote it too cold. Everyone was blowing up. Yellow brick, oh, yellow, yellow brick. brick, the yellow brick race. So um, I'd say Grabini's probably a better horse than Redina. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Did Ben Thompson ride Shiloh last last Saturday? Yep. Jeez, he can find he can find a way. But then he and then he bobbed up yesterday and rides a treble. Yeah, those sort of riders drive you crazy. You can tell it's a Queensland show, can't you, DK? The uh, the Victorian horse up there doesn't even get a mention. The the actual moral of the carnival, Muhammad. In the glass house. Moonamek. Didn't Hello. For, is that there? the one that got beat the other day? CPS, Moonamek, it ran second. Hutchie's horse, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it Who win. was the horse that smashed it? Antina. Antina. It's a gun, it's a star. And then you got Moonamek, four dollars sixty. Cepheus is uh seven dollars. He was poor, pretty poor set up in the uh eyeliner, but it went absolutely super. I thought it was a big danger. Aureus Angels in the race, Blazer Trail, another probably hard luck story. Uh, and then you got horses like Chassis, uh Gravina, Sinoan. Uh, Vespertine, it's probably looking for the 1400 now. I wouldn't. I think the wide draw is much to Munamex liking compared to the, the gate one. Doesn't look like it really likes being in those spots. Mm, back in distance, but um, Sunshine Coast, big track. So is that a moral? Is it Nico? Oh, he'll be hard to beat. He's absolutely flying. So Blazer Trail was a moral beat in the, uh, in the Ipswich race and Chassis flying. Cinewan might improve, but um, yeah, Muhamex just in. Super form, and I think Sunshine Coast, like you see, sorry, some of his best runs last prep were at Soundown and Flemington. Like, he'll love that track. I tell you that. Mm. I'd be able to take Angel. on Blazer Trail. It was just too perfect to set up last time. Those Chris months, I think it's a mare as well, same as the one from, is it a mare? Yeah, it's a mare. It's run behind in that race where they absolutely walk Comrade Rosa and um, another 
dubious ride, that uh, shitless thing. What was it called? The, anyway, whatever it was. Hopefully. Its run was insane that Glorious day. Engine. And same as Palacepam was in the in the uh, Stradbroke before it came out and won the thing. So I'd be mighty scared of anything Chris Munts puts down up there at the moment. Holy hell. On fire, I reckon. Mm. Well, he half cast. He, he got in well on that horse last week, but he completely missed the boat. Uh, it's Not many horses can run past a Waller horse at the end of a group one, and he's missed the boat, lost all momentum, and run straight past it late. So Munster's horses are going extra well. Mm. Shiloh's probably more about there, though. Isn't it? Is that one of his? No. Was that in that race? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's spelled ben with Thompson. a C. I'm thinking it's Shiloh, S-H-I-L-O. No. Yeah. Anyway, cool. All right, Rose Hill race, race 10 is uh, – the one that Walt likes here, the Bowman's handicap over 1300 meters. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, Cosmic Minerva's a favorite here, $3.70. Wind Shadow, $4.60. Either or $5.50. Lolly Yates, $8.50 into $5.50. That is a uh, a big move. Uh, Danish Prince, $6. Color Sergeant, $7.50. And then Louvois is $8 there. The replay we're going to have a look at is Cosmic Minerva and Josh Parr is going to steer this one for uh, Bjorn Baker. Here it is in the uh, Bjorn Blue and Gold. So this was a track where it was just insane on speed inside. And, um, yeah, this this horse, finally talking to Josh after the race, which is obviously something a lot of people don't get to do, he said this horse felt like it sprinted so quick that it nearly like felt slipped. He said it felt like it turned a foot that, and you look at it, it looks terrible to the eye. So that's what... Like it was not terrible, but it sort of looks like it grinds away. That's that's how bad a bias can make a horse look. Uh, Gracie Styler was in this race, scratched. It was the horse, the grey, just inside it there. So being first up 1,300, super forgiving of that um, that run, considering the bias of the day, and, and it was first up. Um, would have wanted it to be a little bit shorter. So 1,300 now, uh, a race where you've got either or should, should lead. Um, really do pray that it goes as quick as it went last start, which is probably unlikely, but... There's enough pressure from sort of Wind Shadow, uh, Danish Prince that will roll forward as well. Hopefully, Louvoir and Walking and Talk can get involved. I hope they all just line of six for the first 800 metres. It'd be awesome. But um, if not, Cosmic Nerve is definitely um, adaptable enough to sort of sit right behind those horses. The rail is out four and it is a good four, which is interesting because uh, I see like even Hawkesbury today has had three mils of rain in 10 days and it's a seven. So it's weird how these tracks that are only a few kilometres apart are so different. But um at the moment, a good four with not not a lot of rain around. So uh, have to keep an eye on the pattern a touch because if we get a track like we did last start, Rose Hill, it could be a problem. But uh, I, I think this horse is going to run extremely well. It was a little bit better price. And the horse that I thought was interesting, which was $10 this morning, is, is Lolly Yates. First up from 378-day break, uh, these Nisham horses – uh, are going quite well and its trials are really good. But um, if Randy Adkins is, is the danger, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be with Cosmic Nerve. I think it'll be very, very hard to beat as long as we get a fair track. Because mm. what could Chad ride? 52 and a half, Lolly Yates. Um, Chad can't ride that, that uh, way because he's I, on I, I think he all. could, but not for, not for this. You know what I mean? Like it's it's probably one of those, if it's an Everest, I'm sure he could do it. But um, Andy sort of walks around crazy light, so. You know, it makes sense for them to throw him on this horse. But, um, yeah, she's, she's one of the few stables where uh, long breaks don't seem to worry me. They're a bit like uh, obviously she's got the grounding from Mar and, and her time with him and, uh, you know, two trials and she obviously, you know, hasn't been worked for a long time and really builds them up slowly because they do tend to race quite well um, off, off long breaks and she's obviously proven she can get them to run well first up from England, uh, which – you know, Waller even had a long has had a lot of trouble doing. So 
she does something right um, with these horses off long breaks and bringing them off, um, you know, uh, different climates. She's doing a good job. Racingwatch.com.au if you want uh, more of Johnny's stuff. So he'll be doing uh, all races there and any of the uh, the New South Wales uh, provincial, especially, uh, I guess, north of uh, the Riverina, uh, he uh, plays in that sort of pond. So if you're looking to up your turnover in New South Wales, I uh, heavily recommend that you uh, check out his racingwatch.com.au website and either get it via Telegram or the Discord if you want to have a chat with other like-minded punters. Uh, Donny, as we said, he's got the uh, the big marathon, so I wish him well uh, this week. He's running for a great course, so make sure you support him by jumping on the uh, the Twitter page there and go the GoFundMe page for uh, Joseph, who's got that spinal injury. But uh, we'll hear from Donny. G'day, gents. Donny here with the best bets for this weekend's racing. But more importantly, I've run the marathon this weekend to raise funds for a Titans player. I broke his neck, a junior Titans player under 17, Big Joseph. If you've got any spare money, please donate. I'll get Scooby to share the link. Best bets for this weekend. Uh, the best comes up in race one at Sunshine Coast. It's called Defiant Spirit. One of these track and trip two ago. I then went to Ipswich 1200 last start. Didn't get out till very, very late. Flashed over in the best sections of the day. It's outstanding run. We'll get back here, but 1,000 middle draw um, should finish over the top. I think around $2. You might get better on the day. 220 is a great bet. Um, the other bet comes up in race Seven, Suicide in the Winks Guineas. Um, it was very good last start. It was in a photo for third against uh, Tony Sears, good horse. Um, it should get a beautiful run from the inside, ga- uh, inside back gate. Timmy Clark jumps on. Um, yeah, just got beat by Yellow Brick last start. Gets the gun, Matt. Rabini, the Sydney horse, is drawn 18. It led last start. I don't think it'll lead here. Just a bit of a risk. So happy to back. Sue Sarah and that four dollar mark. Good luck. Sounds like Donnie's poo pooing your horse Grabini. That's yeah, his- I said Grabini's not a leader. He led because of the pattern and um yeah, written upside down. obviously the pattern helped it, but I don't think that's his particular racing style. If he drew a gate here, I think he'd sort of settle seventh or eighth anyway. But um yeah, it'd be a good race. Mm, it's a cracker. Great, great uh jockey booking for Grabini as well. Ryan Malone would be perfect for him. And mm-hmm. there's another one. Crafty Eagles out there in 19. There's a couple of horses, Fashion Legend, drawn wide. So he's not yep. going to be on his Pat Malone. He might have something to take him to the race. And the more pressure, the better for um, Gerald's horse, I would imagine. Mm, Grabini's yeah, proven at, uh, at that trip. Yeah, fascinating uh, watch and fascinating racing here. Uh, top Sport uh, Steamers, Murray Bridge is the first one. Race four, number one. It's uh, Prince of Helena, 250 at $14 there. Haven't got through uh, Murray Bridge just yet. But we'll definitely. It's a good wet tracker, that horse. So, yeah, we'll have to check the weather there. But uh, wet tracker, uh, race nine, number six is Special Envoy. No, haven't got there. Haven't, haven't that, got that I one yet. I don't know what that horse is. Here is that horse. You've got me. Stumped. No, I don't know who that horse is. Mm-hmm. Braden Star. Jeez, it's a, it's a, it sounds like, oh, it's a Waterhouse horse. Maybe it's first Bra- up from. Braden Star Touristics oh, Rockford. It's a UK horse having its first start in Australia. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Oh, and Hippo's on it. Your man. The Hippopotamus. Yeah. Um, Braden Star. You have to circle Your back, back to us yeah, on this an, one. It's an interesting – oh, Braden Horse. It was, did it run in Melbourne the other day? It did with, with Shin on it, didn't it? Mm. I see your own Caboo. Is Caboo immoral? Uh, I think it is. Um, but two, $2.10 Reggie's or whatever it is, it's very what hard to take. But I, I do think it will win. But, yeah, it's probably the opposite. If it's lead offence, they won't beat it. I wouldn't imagine without something strange happening. But um, it's $2 for a reason. 
And this is the other one. Race 10, number nine, Lolly Yates, 300 at 850. There you so go. That's already- what must have caused the – whoever they think so I did have a little sneak peek around. It is still $10 everywhere else. So whoever had the 300 at 850 is obviously – Sleep at the wheel, but ve- no, well, it was very, very keen well, to get on. Yeah, they've obviously got Desperate. a uh, – Oh, I mean, um, they must have a big opinion of whoever it is to, to drop it from 850 to 550 off their bed, I'm assuming. So um, I'd expect it to probably firm other places uh, probably before they even – this show goes to air, but it's it definitely off. an interesting horse. You're knock it off. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think uh, that's 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 our uh, that's our roundup for the uh, the major racing. But uh, DK, have you got a uh, Warwick Nabil or a uh, Geelong Maiden or something um, tantalising for the punters out there that just need to bet before Saturday? Yeah. Uh, it was a. I got a Maiden. Actually, one. It's Maiden last start. Um, Nico, uh, race eight there tomorrow. You got that on the punting. You got a bet on the punting form. This thing, race eight. Geelong. Uh, no, race eight Geelong number number twelve, thing called Bo Rap, Bo Rap. So Bo Rap had blinkers first time last start, and it went like an absolute rocket. You know what I wow. had as well? M- me off. I oh, oh you off <laughs> with, the, with the shades. Oh, well, it was, it was like I, this is why I love blinkers as a this. Just forget about anything it did in its life before blinkers and just start blank canvas from last start. It just this is just horses, just different horses with the gear on, and it's that three wide the trip and just oh, absolutely. On or in? On what? Gear on or gear in? Gear on. What, gear, gear, no, the bloke, it's like the bloke. <laughs> no, I think Alexander was suspended for a while. He's, <laughs> and this is this is, this is with the other trainer. What, it's, have you got it there, Nico? Yep. What's it come home in? Uh, relative to the class, eight lengths above. Eight lengths above. Whoa. And and he, and he didn't even fart on it. Like, he just steered <laughs> it up the straight. Um, he, he, John Allen goes on the most... Oh, don't know if I prefer it drawn out a bit. It might be a bit of them, but anyway, let Johnny Allen, he's the man for the job tomorrow, can work it out. And there might be a heavy track, might be a track pattern we've got to be wary of late in the day. But um, oh, when I saw it win, I sort of like, I haven't had that. I said, this will just this will just win again. And just it's a diff, just different horse in, with blinkers. So, um, yep, bow wrap tomorrow for me, race eight, G Long. Race eight, number 12, Archie Alexander, John Allen, bow wrap. Oh, it's Archie's first, first couple of days back, I think, after his little, uh, his little uh, abstinence from uh, for his uh, indiscretion. What, what did he get rubbed out for? Just oh, it was, no, it was contamination. It was cross contamination. I don't think it was his fault. He only he only got six weeks, but had to give all the horses to Dan O'Sullivan and get him in to do it. Yep, a little bit of a caretaker role. Beautiful. All right, fair, fair bit of meat on the bone. Couple of big roughies there. So hopefully uh, Nico or me or someone can just land land something and walk. How long are we in home. the paddock for? What's that? How long are we in the paddock for? A couple of weeks. A few weeks. How many? I don't know. Three. Is that all? Well, what do you want? A month off? I don't know. I just want to know what I'm doing. That's all right. No, I, I think um, the I think the racing just falls away a bit, and I think now that they've pushed the the uh, the Perth Carnival and all their um, pop up, the Gong and the Dong and all those races in New South Wales. What is that? There's the cut. There's the coast. There's the most. There's there's the chicken dance, the barn the dance. The dance. Uh, it's hard to keep there up is with. the barn dance. The chicken dance is not there yet, but don't don't put it past them. And it's nearly all the way to dance, Christmas. Big dance all on the same day. I'd rather just have two or three weeks off now when it's just scurvy races and then we come back and we go scurvy. all the way to the barn dance. I used to cop that my whole life. Eat your greens or you get scurvy, <laughs> you imbecile. Yeah. Yeah. So we might come back for um, maybe winter challenge or lightning stakes. Like late July sounds good. DK needs a bit of a freshen up, don't you, DK? Uh, yeah. Uh, Nico, you're just you're just going to punch along and you'll be just still going on the track, still be betting, yep. working. No. Doing our thing. So, uh, yep. In, in for the long haul here. 
Yeah, right. we'll just be grinding away. So updates via uh, Twitter and our emails. We might uh, send a couple of tips out so you guys have got something to uh, bet with over that break. But, um, yeah, no shows for a couple of weeks. But um, we'll be back and roaring for the spring carnival. And, um, yeah, we'll come up with a couple of tricks up our sleeve to uh, get everyone excited for the spring carnival. Should be good. Good luck. Enjoy the winter. Rug up. And um, fingers crossed we can uh, find a couple of winners this week and go out on winning note. We'll see you next week. Actually, we won't. See you in three weeks' time.